Welcome to the Community Church Online Experience. We're glad you're here. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining us. Our heart is to help you be real with everyone, live differently in our community, and offer the hope of the gospel. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Community Church Online Experience. We're really, really excited you're here with us. We are glad to be kicking this back off, and we're kicking it off with a brand new series that uh, we're doing in service called James of Faith That Works, and man, we've already done so far what we've already we've already preached what we're about to talk to you about and I'm telling you man we're so excited to be going verse by verse through James all about really um a, a faith that can be put into action with your life and and man we're we're just having such a blast on it we're talking through a bunch of different things so I wanted to kind of jump in, get started. I want to introduce uh, my guest, Mr. Armin Prentice, my father-in-law. Um, really excited that you're here with us today. I'm, I am. I have always held you in such high esteem and high honor because of the the, the knowledge and wisdom that you've spoken into my life since I was what 15, yeah. 16 years old, yep. even before we were family. Um, you've been speaking into my life, and there's I, I can I can. I can verbalize two or three specific moments that the word that you spoke over me really dictated and dictated my next step towards obviously what I'm called to do right now, which is to preach people and um, care for people. And so I just want to say thank you. Before we even get started, I just want to say thank you. I I really do appreciate you. I love you. Um, you've been, you've been a father in my life for a long time, and I'm just honored that you're here with us today and, well, appreciate and talking, that. talking. So, um, we are going to talk to James. So what I want to do is I want to kind of give an intro. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to share a couple of things about James, just stuff that I learned whenever I started doing some research on the context, right? Sure. sure. So J, the, 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 the book of James was not so, uh, most scholars don't know exactly who wrote it, but most of them believe that it was James, the brother of Jesus, right? right so like, right. Um, it, the, there's, there's other James in, in scripture, like James and John, sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, right? Um, but the, this one they believe is, is actually the, the, the brother of Jesus. And what's interesting and I, what I find interesting, which I can kind of relate to is that this was Jesus's brother, but he wasn't really a follower of Jesus until, after Jesus had had ascended, Jesus appeared to him after the right. after he rose from the dead. Right. right, and I think that's just so so. It's so it's so relatable, right? Because like I've got an older brother, and if he told me he was the son of God, I would laugh at him. I mean, I would. Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably ask him if he needed to be committed or something. You know, so right. Um, so I can I can I can relate to what he's feeling, but but this was. This was such an important part of history, though, because in around they, they think about forty nine A.D. is right after Peter had that vision about preaching to the Gentiles. Why, he went Cornelius. to Paul, yeah, with yeah. Cornelius. He went to Paul and he went to um, to James, who were leaders of the church at the time in Jerusalem, and he basically said, "Hey, we got to go before the council and and present this idea about preaching to Gentiles, right?" And that was a big turning point. So that we, so that we as non-Jews, of course, can't say that about you, um, since you are, you do have Jewish blood in you, which I think is really cool. Um, but the fact that the fact that this took place in James was one of the main speakers, 
I think is fascinating. Yeah, he that, was he was the pastor. Yeah, evidently of the church in Jerusalem, as yeah. far as we can tell. Man, that's so cool. So he and, and and they believe that James started writing this book about forty five A.D., which would make it the first book in the New Testament. First book written for the New Testament. It is definitely one of the first two for sure. That's possibly so cool. the first one. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. So anyway, so what we're gonna do? Um, we're just gonna go through Scripture, Mister P. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna read verse by verse. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, just stop me, stop me whenever, like if you, if there's something that sticks out to you, I know I asked you to kind of jot sure. down some notes. I've got a couple of notes, but we're going to read through it. And when it gets to a certain point and you, you're like, Hey, look, I want to, man, this is big right here. I want us to, to be able to talk about that. So do me a favor. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put 20 minutes on the clock. Okay. That way, I, I don't know about you, but like a 20 minute podcast Man, that's my sweet spot. Right, so, gotcha. So we're gonna, I'm gonna put 20 minutes on the clock, and at the end of it, um, we're just gonna pause, like kind of cut almost, and then we'll keep on going with the next episode. Sounds great. Um, so it's gonna be fun. So I'm gonna put 20 minutes. All right, awesome. Very cool. So I'm gonna read the first couple of, couple of verses, and you just stop me. I've got a stopping point, but if you stop before that, sure, let's let's do it. So verse one says, "This letter's from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ." I'm writing to the twelve tribes, and I like that it's. Uh, it's in air quotes in, in, in my translation. I'm reading from the New, Liv- New Living Translation. Okay. Um, but it says, Jewish believers scattered abroad. So he's writing the 12 tribes, Jewish, belie- Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. Then here's where he gets into it. Here's, here's he, he don't spare no words. He just goes straight into it. Verse two says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So good. And, and yeah. what I took from it was number, number this is my, this was my number one is joy is a choice, but happiness is an emotion. Right. In, in, in the new King James, it says count it all joy. Wow. It's your count. You're choosing. Yeah. Like you said, it, it's, you, you, you can count this however you want. Yeah. You can count the trial one way or the other. And he said, you need to count it as all joy. So I guess in, in your experience, Mr. P, what has been, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, you don't have to share an opportunity or sh- share an experience, but like, what does it mean practically to have to, to, in, in the midst of the shirt, in the midst of your circumstances, choose joy? What does that look like? Well, we can, we can go a lot of different ways when trial comes, you know, we can, we can sink in it, let it absorb us, yeah. take us down the rabbit hole. Um, that's where a lot of people, um, they get bitter. They get angry. Mm. It, there's a lot of emotions that can take place. Right. Uh, and and they will point to the trial as the reason for it. Yeah. But if I'm if 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 what you said that I can take the trial and choose to count it as joy, right? As an opportunity to trust God. Yeah. That I didn't want. Right. Wasn't looking for it. Right. But it's here. And I have to make a choice how I'm going to to deal with it. I can either choose to say I'm going to keep my joy. Joy's joy's not an emotion. No, happiness is correct. But the joy of of knowing I can walk through this with the faithfulness of God and come out the other side. And, and then he goes on uh, as as we're going to see in a moment that we see that this is actually building something in us right. that we can't build any other way. Correct. So. Yeah, man, that's so good. And I think about I think about all the negative emotions that comes with tough circumstances. You got fear, shame, the right. um, 
uh, overwhelmed and anxious, you know, all, all of those things. But in every single one of those situations, all of those things stem from, I think what we call what, what, what is really what fear is. And a fear is just not something you can control. You have fear when you can't control an yes. outcome or a situation or a circumstance, but to choose joy means you're choosing faith. Exactly. To choose joy means you're choosing to allow God to let this be his, not take the control on ourselves. And I just, yep. I, control has been a big thing for me. I, yeah, I just, me too. Me too. I'm just, I, I, every time I realize that I'm holding on to something, I always have to be conscious about saying, okay, God, I can't take this for myself. I've got to give it to you. Whether it's a circumstance, my finances, my relationships, God, anything, right? The right. moment we try to control it ourselves is the moment we find ourselves in trouble. And we have to choose to allow. So, in, so I guess practically to choose joy means to choose to let go and allow God to handle it's, it, right? It, it's choosing to trust God. Yeah. And, you know, we all say that. We yeah. all say we trust God. We all say we have faith in God. <laughs> and then, you know, we bring something and we pray about it and we ask God to take care of it. And then we literally, right after praying about it, turn around and start trying to figure out how we're going to deal with it. <laughs> so true. And it's so natural. It's That's so normal. So and, it, you know, it just shows that we need to develop. And, and it goes on here, and you can read the next couple of verses, how it's going to bring about a perfect work. Right. If we will let it, it right. will bring about a perfect work. Yeah. So, so let's jump into it then. Verse three, for, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. That's big. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. That's and I think that's verse. so good. It's so good because, and I guess my 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 next thing I had, my next idea that I had was, um, wisdom is what takes you from surviving to thriving. Okay, and being able to like trust God. We kind of talked about it just a little bit ago to be able to trust God to say it's not in my control, but to have the wisdom to be able to differentiate the two. Like different. Okay, if I take control it usually doesn't end up well. Whenever God handles it, it always ends up better than I expected, right? Yeah. So with, with wisdom, you're learning the difference um, from from being able to, to just survive to, to thriving. Well, you know, wisdom is showing me the right way to deal with the situation. Mm, oh, that's good. And, and the Lord's saying, if you lack wisdom, you can ask. You don't have to keep trying to figure out how you're going to get out of the circumstance. Right. You can ask. And if you do ask, he'll give it to you. But how many of us ask for wisdom in the situation when whatever's happening is causing our emotions to erupt? Right. You know, we're feeling all these these natural instincts. And he's saying, if you'll pull back from that and ask for wisdom, I'll give it to you. Yeah. And I'll help you figure out how to get through this. What the next step is. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, I'm going to go on to verse six then. Uh, But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. 
Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Oh man. Yeah, let, let me, let's stop there for a minute. Yeah. The, um, I really like the translation in the new King James. It says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. And what happened in the charismatic movement for a long time was I'm constantly evaluating my faith. And if my faith is enough faith, and if not, I need more faith. And if I'm asking if I have enough faith, well, that shows I have doubt. Wow. And so now I'm yeah, stuck. Yeah, yeah. And you're said having faith in God, because mm-hmm. this isn't about having faith and not doubting how much faith you have. It's having faith in God and who he is and, and his faithfulness so and his love good. and that he cares for me. That's what I'm not supposed to doubt. Right. Man, that's good. You know, it's not about trying to get, you know, well, you, you know, you, you just don't have enough faith. You need more faith. Maybe if you would do more, you'd have more faith. Wow. We need to just pull back from that. And we just need to understand that it's talking about trusting God. That's and if so I just good. stop there, then the next verse, you know, you won't be tossed like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind because yeah. my faith's in God and his faithfulness. Right. And I just plant my flag there. That's yeah. where I'm standing. I trust God. Right. I don't know what's going on, but I trust God. And that's where, that's where it just needs to stop. <laughs> Too many it times, is. like, we got to trust God. But, <laughs> but I can, <laughs> and, and, and when, when we put us in place of what God's trying to do, right. then we're actually getting in his way by us saying we have the faith in our, so, so what you said was so good the, the, cause we were all guilty of it back then was in that charismatic movement saying, okay, I've got to have more faith. I've got it. And there's right. a lot of faith preachers right now. And, yes. and here's the thing. Faith is a good thing. You, you, it's you essential. Need, yeah. It's essential yeah. to what we do, but it's when we put our faith in our works and, and what we can accomplish and our gifts that we always end up either depressed, anxious, yeah. doing something because we're trying but again. And it goes all the way back to what we said first. It's control. I remember when uh, we, we had our first real crisis as a, a married couple. Uh, we, we were uh, pregnant with our first child and there was no complications or anything. But in one night we miscarried. Wow. And so we went to the hospital and, and the whole thing. And a dear friend of ours who lived close by drove to the hospital to meet us and walked in the room and said, we don't know why this has happened, but we trust God. Wow. And I just, I mean, that's a long time ago. Yeah. And I still remember that clearly. I yeah. remember being in that trial and the word was, we don't understand it, but we trust God. Wow. And I just, and I still want to go into that. Yeah. I mean, you know, so that's um, not saying that that's easy. No, no, absolutely not. I'm not in any not. way shining it. It's, it's, it's terribly difficult, but, yes. but it's kind of like what Peter said, where else are we going to go? Right. You're the only one that has the words applied. Right. So, yeah. Man, God, take our faith off of ourselves because with that hyper faith kind of kind of movement or, or or belief, it's it's having faith that we can do it. And the truth is, we can't. That's right. We can't be the ones who do it because if we do it, then the glory that God desires, the glory that we should be giving to Him, 
can be twisted and shown on us. Right. And that's never where we want to be. No, the emphasis is supposed to be on God and his faithfulness, not on how much faith I can gender. Right. I can gen up and try and get going. That's so good. Man, that's good. Okay, so uh, verse verse seven, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Number Verse eight says this, their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that I talk with just on a daily basis, just people that'll come in and talk with me and they're just like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't, and, and look, I love meeting with those people because the faith that I have, the the stability that I have in my relationship with God is easily attainable, right. but, but it's, but it's, it's trusting that God's got the situation where he needs it to be. Yeah. And the, um, the, the, the phrase I wrote down is, um, you're all in or you're all out. There's no in between. That's great. That's a real good way of saying it. And I, I on su- this past Sunday, that God had put a, a song just just in my heart from the moment I woke up, and it's a song by Jonathan McReynolds called "No Gray." And if if you have the time to 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 look to listen to it, go find it on YouTube. Man, it's just phenomenal. But it's all about like living the life that God has called us to is probably going to be a little outside your comfort zone. We can't be, we can't have our feet in the world and do, do do things that the world does, but still expect to have the blessings of God. Right. And that's, and people want to ask for wisdom, but if you're, if you're asking for wisdom for your own selfishness, it's going to be difficult for God to agree. And I think that's what that scripture was talking about. Such people, verse seven says, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Those people are double-minded. They're trying to, they're trying to put together things of on their own, and they're trying to live a life according to, to the world, whatever's comfortable in the world. But God's called us to, to live different than that, right? So to live, to, to so so you're either all in or you're all out. There's no in between. That's a, that's a great great way of saying it. Yeah. So, um, verse nine says this: Believers who are poor have something to boast about. For God has honored them, and those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers, and the little flower droops and falls, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. Yep. My point is this. Your bank account doesn't make you. Your faith does. That's great. I have this... um quotation from uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, great series. Yeah, and um, it says, you, this is Aslan, who's the Christ figure, the, the, he's the Christ figure in the story, and it says, you, you come of the Lord Adam and the Lady Eve. He says this, he says, and that is both honor enough to erect the head of the poorest beggar and shame enough to bow the shoulders of the greatest emperor on mm. earth. Be content. Wow. And that's these people, you know, the one that's lowly, you're you're a son of Adam. Yeah. And that's a reason for you to be able to erect your head. 100%. And, and the, the rich, you know, you're a son of Adam, and that's shame enough yeah. to bow your head. Exactly. And, and so, you know, it, it's, a, it's a meeting place for everybody yeah. at the cross. Everybody's equal at the cross. The cross is the equalizer. That was yep. exactly what I was going to say. The cross is the equalizer. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter your status. Doesn't matter your bank account. Doesn't matter. 
none of that matters when you when you when you can sit in the presence of Jesus. Right. When you can sit with the 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 peace of God comes to everyone who who can who is willing to to sit in his presence. That's absolutely right. And yep. regardless of your status and and you know we we live obviously we live in Liberia and there's a lot of people with very very different um financial statuses and I love that the message of the gospel is just as good for people who live on the wrong side of town, right side of town. There is no wrong side of town with Jesus. And we're seeing that in our church. Yeah. Our fellowship here. Absolutely. I mean, they come from all walks of life. All, all, all walks sets of, life. Of, of backgrounds. Yeah. There's rich, really poor, neat. white, black. I mean, there, there's different, even different faith backgrounds. Yes, indeed. We've had quite a few Catholics that have come and sure. really have felt the presence of God. Yeah. And, yeah, that's um, awesome. We've seen, in fact, I've had a couple of people who who don't know Jesus that have come and um, asked me questions, and I love that. Oh. Let's check out verse 12. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. <clears throat> oh, this is good. This is so good because pe- I, I've talked to so many people who say, Pastor, I can't, I can't break this or I can't, I can't say no to this or, or whatever the situation is. But, G, but, but, but James addresses this. He said, after they, after they will receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. I'm going to pause right there. Because I do know a lot of people who say, why is God, why is God doing this to me? Right. The fact of the matter is God is not doing anything to anyone, but sometimes he allows, he allows things to happen to teach us something, right. whatever that is. Right. So we have to be careful not to blame God for different things that happen in our life. And I'm going to kind of share my thought with that in a little bit. What do you think about that? Uh, I, when we get down to verse fourteen uh, and fifteen, I'm, okay. I've got a few things I want to okay, say. Okay, then, then, then I'll all of that. So, so uh, it says God is not God. Be, be careful not to say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and He never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own selfish desires, which entice us and drag us away. Right. You want to go to the next one, or you want to talk about that? No, I. We can. I'll do fifteen. Yep. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Okay, so this is a great, great point, especially for young Christians, for young believers. Um, so many times, one thing that people don't realize is that Satan can put thoughts in our head. Mm. That's the first thing. Yeah. And, and so once we understand that, that Satan can put thoughts in our head, you know— he doesn't play fair. He never intended to play fair. Right. So what he does, he puts the thought in our head. We're tempted by it. And then he tells us, you know, a real Christian wouldn't have thoughts like that. Wow. And it's a, it's a trap. Yeah. And so then we start, well, you know, maybe I'm not a Christian because I have mm. thoughts like that. I mean, I bet, I bet um, Pastor Jacob doesn't have thoughts like, you know, and whatever <laughs> it is. And so that, that happens. It's a dangerous place so, out there. So what we the the key verse here with this whole thing is is Hebrews four fifteen. Mm. It says Jesus was tempted in every way we were, but he never sinned. Right. That tells me that temptation and sin are not the same. Thing. Right. Right. So then I realize I have a thought that leads to temptation. I haven't sinned. Right. 
But it explains what, what that looks like. It says, each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And then it says, then the desire is conceived. It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, leads to death. So right. when I have the thought, if I realize, you know, that's that's ungodly. Yeah. That's not right. Right. That's a wicked thought. Lord, I ask you to take this thought. I ask you to help me to take it into captivity, make it obey, like it says in 2 Corinthians 10. Make it obey. I don't let it control me. Yeah. I'm not going to dwell on it and start figuring out a plan to bring that to happen. So good. And that's what it's saying here. It says yeah. it, it, just, it, it conceives, gives birth to sin. So temptation can give birth to sin. Yeah. But the temptation itself isn't. Right. And how many times have we felt guilty because we had a thought that was that was unholy? It might be uh, envy of what other people right, have. Right, right. Or lust or a or hundred other things. Right. And we think, man, you know, I, I mean... I thought I was further along in my Christian walk than that. I'm really not anywhere. Right. It, and it's a trap. Jesus was tempted. We see it in, um, what was it, Mark 4. Yeah. You see where Jesus is um, um, taken to the wilderness and and tempted. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and he comes back, you know, empowered by the Holy Spirit. But he faced temptation three times. Right. He never felt like he was sinning. No. And, and Hebrews 4.15 says that's not a sin. Right. So that's just a real clarifying point that a Absolutely. lot of people wonder, why am I not growing? Right. I still have thoughts. Right. And, and, and get you know, used the, to it. The, the Bible, the Bible also says that, that you know, we, we get this, this scripture con- confused a whole lot where we say, God's never going to give us more than we can handle. Well, that's not the truth. That's, that's, that's not what, that's not what God's word says. Mm. God's word says he will never tempt you beyond. He will never allow temptation to be beyond what you can control because he will always give you a way out. Right. And so there's always a way out of temptation. We just have to be aware enough to see it. Yeah, and we and we realize it's not me fighting it. Right. It's asking for the Lord's strength to be able to right. overcome. Yeah. Because Man. without that, we get nowhere. That's so, so good. Man, so so we're we're gonna go ahead and pause there for this episode, but stay tuned. Our next episode, we're gonna jump through, we're gonna to jump to 16. And so we finished on James chapter one, uh, verse uh one through sixteen. We're gonna stop there and we're gonna come back. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today for our podcast. We will see you next week. Hey, if you don't have a home church, uh, please join us at the community church at 627 East Admiral Doyle Drive. In New Iberia, Suite 16 is where the old Bayou Oaks Ballroom is. We'd love to see you. We have service every Sunday at 10 a.m. I promise you uh, we, we will create an atmosphere where you don't have to just come and, and learn about God. You can also experience it. Thanks again for joining us today. If you'd like to be notified when new content is available, hit the subscribe button on whatever device you're listening from. If you'd like to get connected to what God's doing here at the Community Church, you can click on the link in the description of this episode. And finally, we'd love for you to join us in person every Sunday morning at 627 East Admiral Doyle Drive, Suite 16, here in New Iberia. Come at 9 for our team rally. At 9.15 is our pre-service prayer, and corporate worship begins at 10 a.m. Thanks again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.